0: Are we recording? We are recording.
1: <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. It's been a hot minute. We have been on sabbatical.
0: I'm Even though
1: you're supposed to you're supposed to work seven years before sabbatical, but we said, you know what? Let's just it's shake months. things up a little bit. Let's do it. We've had a lot of news. Last week, we were like, we have a lot of news, and that's why we're late. And then we had more news. (laughs) We're really good at this. The news or the banter?
0: Um, Either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're so good at this. But we, um, we are three weeks away from finishing Philippians, so after this podcast, we will have two more podcasts on Philippians, and then we have some special guests who are coming on the podcast, um, but it's a surprise.
0: I love surprises.
1: No, you know. I know. I, I know. You... Oh, I was like, I sent you the email. <laughs> <laughs> I still love surprises. <laughs> we still love surprises. It's going to be so much fun, um, and we're just really excited that you came back. Um, Emily, tell
0: him what what's been going on in your life with all your newses. Oh, girl, I got everything. We have two big moves happening in the next few months. One is happening next two week. two two moves. We bought a new house. Uh, wow. so we move on Thursday, it's just a ten minute drive. It's we're not moving to a different state or anything like that, but. It's our hopefully forever home. So we're super excited, but it's been absolutely nuts trying to pack with two kids. (laughs) And then the other move is our church. We've been um, renovating an old AMC building and turning it into a church. And that will be opening in the next few months. And it's almost done. That's been a long labor of love that I've not done any labor on, but I have lovingly <laughs> looked. <laughs> but on. I have loved it.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize that building was a an old AMC building. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's cool. They, the The auditorium will be two of the biggest theaters. We took the wall out in between them, and oh. so it'll kind of it'll still have kind of that theater feel. So how are the seats? Are you keeping the seats? No. Oh, they were nasty. Had there was an original like 90s Starburst wrapper or like candy still in the wrapper. Seriously, in the seats. Yeah. Oh, they're nasty. They had like gum underneath them, and you know, decades of moviegoers. Man, that would have been so charming,
1: though. I know if they were the charm of sitting in (laughs) disgust, knowing that your parents probably sat there. (laughs) Yep. Uh, What color are your new seats?
0: Uh, they're just like a grayish, grayish brown, (laughs) neutral. The last ones were red. Were they
1: red? Were they red before? They were red. Yep. Yes. Oh, and um is there still like was it movie theater carpet? Like black oh. with like
0: the Oh, it was like everywhere. The the pattern, the extreme pattern.
1: Yes.
0: Pink was like the main color. It was like a, a mauve pink is the main tone that was all over the place. So there was You pink. kept it,
1: right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she has very mixed feelings about you that. You know. <laughs> not mixed at all. She has very strong <laughs> one-sided
0: yes. feelings. Sweden wiped it out completely.
1: Yep. It is gone. gone. And where can, Let's say someone is listening to this podcast and they're like, I've got to see this renovated AMC movie theater turned church with a cool pastor and, like, the best pastor's wife ever. <laughs> where can they find this church at? Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Winston-Salem, North Carolina? Winston-Salem. Yes, ma'am. What's What's the address? Do you have it yet? When are when are you guys launching? It's, let's get let's get you some folks there.
0: It's off Ronaldo Road. I can't tell you the actual numbers. I don't know them. But if you well, just well, she doesn't type know in... them,
1: guys, because it's like a couple months away. She's got time. <laughs>
0: when I GPS it before, I usually would just type in Taco Bell on Ronaldo because there's a Taco Bell right next to it, and that's how I found my way. <laughs> and you guys heard that Taco Bell on
1: Ronaldo. <laughs> and that will lead you to the new church.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: That's the name of your church
0: new church right? yes our church is new, called new church.
1: church yes and the new um, church new church when when do we when do we start here
0: hopefully in the fall I in the a yet fall. like <laughs>
1: you know before
0: the new year before it is that's what my husband's been saying on sundays before the end of the year god willing and the creek don't rise <laughs> do you
1: guys have creeks around your church
0: uh nope well maybe one behind
1: it yeah because if the creek rises so much so that you can't meet at new church then we've got some flooding problems <laughs> <laughs> like serious flooding problems because she had to think about bodies of water that were not anywhere near
0: it That's, So that would not be good Excellent. And your kids started back to school. Yeah, we homeschool, so it's been an adventure. They started last week. My son's in first grade and my daughter is in preschool, but it's like she's only three, so it's not really it's like pre preschool, but she's excited and wants to join in, so
1: And your your son already reads. Yeah. He to does. his sister. He just tells Tell how good of a mom you are to our audience. Just brag on yourself for a minute. I taught She's my so kids to read. She's so uncomfortable, guys. She's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I wish she could see this face. This woman taught her kids to read. And not only that, but she also speaks two languages, English and Pig Latin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I really do because we are talking about this, that my son can spell words now. So my husband and I can't. You know, we can't spell, hey, you want to watch a M-O-V-I-E? Like he, right. Or we would spell watch, too, but he gets all of that. He spells it all. So now it's Ashway and Uvime. Ashway <laughs> Uvime. I'm going to try
1: that on my husband. I'm going to be like, honey, what's going on? You have a stroke? That's what he always says. Are you having a stroke? What's going on here? Uh,
0: it Excellent. works for now. He's going to catch on to that soon, too, I'm sure. And then I'll have to move on to... Who knows? An actual different language, maybe
1: (laughs) Chinese, Mandarin. There we go. That's like I don't know. Everyone just the hardest
0: language to learn,
1: probably (laughs) for for no. I think I'm almost positive. I was told this that English is the hardest language to learn.
0: I have heard that
1: because there's so many exceptions to the rules.
0: Um, There are no rules in English.
1: It's like Fight Club. (laughs) No Fight Club has rules. What is it? When they're racing, the greasers and what are they? The T-birds in Greece. What are they called? T-birds and the rats or what are they? Spiders. I don't know. And they're like, the rules are, there are no rules. yeah. We're racing for pink slips. (laughs) And I always, I always attribute that quote to Fight Club. And that is not a Fight Club quote. (laughs) At all.
0: Wait, you're talking about Greece.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about multiple movies at the same time.
0: Follow <laughs> track with me. Come on. <laughs> I
1: was like, "T-birds, isn't that Grease?
0: T-birds. Okay. And then
1: what are the? What's the enemy what they- No,
0: for that's the girls, the Pink Lady or the Pink Ladies, right? The jackets, yeah, that's girls. But that's not. I don't, I haven't seen Grease in a long time. It I always no call some
1: Crater Face. Well, we just watched it the other night, <laughs> and it's hilarious because, like, I'm, I'm just like, holy cow. I watched this as, like, a little kid. That's like, wildly
0: inappropriate. I'm
1: like, but, you know, as a kid, you don't pick up on those innuendos. You know, I had no idea. But as an adult, I'm like, these are high schoolers. Like, they should not be doing these things. They don't look like high
0: schoolers, though.
1: None of them. Rizzo was, like, Rizzo, the lady who played Rizzo, was almost 30 when she recorded that movie.
0: Yeah. Crazy. And
1: I'm I love my husband so much, and he is the most attractive man I've ever seen. But can we just talk about how guys in high school did not look like Tanizuko? Okay, <laughs> that was not a thing. Their hair
0: was not that cool. Their hair was not cool. <laughs> they weren't. So no man was
1: trying to change himself for me. Like <laughs> that was nonsense.
0: Unrealistic movie.
1: And then it really upsets me because it's like Danny Zuko was like this bad boy, and at the I mean the entire movie he's multi like in multiple situations he's trying to change to be a better man, like he joins the different sports to impress Sandy, mm-hmm. and then like guys I'm gonna letter and all this stuff, and at the end of the movie he's like I lettered I gotta be better for Sandy, and then she's like Nah that's fine I'll be a bad girl and it's just like girl what the morality here. You. <laughs> Where are the morals? What is the point of this movie? There is no happy ending. And then, have you seen the the conspiracy, or not conspiracy theories, the, uh, what do they call them? Like the fan theories of what's happening at the end? Yeah.
0: No, I haven't. Like,
1: yeah, so it's like, oh, because they're driving into the sky, that must mean that they drove off, wrecked, and died. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What? And then I well, learned, I don't think I like Grease as much as I thought I did. Because it's just a very, like, yeah terrible movie. There's nothing good, really. There's nothing good. It's like. <laughs>
0: no redeeming
1: qualities. Danny Zuko's a pervert the entire movie. <laughs> the entire movie. Yep. Um, Kanicki is a pervert. All of the, all of the T-Birds are perverts to the umph degree, okay? And then this good little innocent Australian girl who's like Miss Sunshine, she has terrible taste in men because she goes for this punk Danny Zuko. And then she also goes for this dummy mm-hmm. football player who has like, no lines, and he just looks dumb the entire time. Just like a face, like, <laughs> the entire movie. And you're like, I don't know if this is a fair representation of this poor kid. Because, I mean, he's a good-looking kid, but golly, there's nothing there. And then, I would have liked to see her end up with Eugene, the nerd, who was always nice and treated
0: ladies with respect. That would have been the right way. That would have been the right way. Listen, no. She ended up with a guy Podcast. I think we need to be movie critics.
1: We need to be movie critics. Because, because she ended up like we, this you need to be a pervert.
0: movie critic.
1: So I just need to quit this and just start a movie podcast about how angry childhood movies that brought me so much joy make me as an adult.
0: <laughs> Stole the joy right out of Greece.
1: I just went on an eight minute tangent about <laughs> Grease lightning.
0: Listen, how oh. else are we going to get back into the groove of this, you know?
1: That's right. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't let your kids watch that nonsense.
0: <laughs> I won't. I won't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> have you been watching any other movies that are
0: good? Honestly, no. No, there's not oh. been I've not seen anything good lately. I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm. I mean, we go through phases. Right. We'll watch a ton and then we won't watch anything. We finish What do you
1: watch? like what so, streaming
0: services or cable or we have we have all of them mostly we steal them from family
1: nice <laughs> oh,
0: but the last one we just watched was manifest on i think it was on hulu but they canceled it but then netflix just picked it up um i did too oh my gosh i couldn't stop watching it's it. good yeah it was really so good. good it's really i good. don't know
1: at the end of at the end of season three, I was kind of over it, though.
0: Yep. It just got, it wasn't. The one on yet. Netflix is just one more season, which I think is great. Just finish it, tie all the ties together, and then call it a day. Got a little far-fetched. Uh, but, I mean, the whole thing is far-fetched, I suppose. It was good. Yeah.
1: Good. Yep. I We've been watching Columbo. I've never heard of that. What? No. You've never heard of Columbo? No. What is that on? You're fired. (laughs) You're out. No, Columbo's, like, it's an old show from, like, what, the 60s, maybe? Uh, It's, like, a detective show. Oh. When was that, Columbo? You've never heard – are you serious? Are you lying to me? No, I'm not lying to you. So it's about this detective who – um, but yeah, in the sixties, it's about this detective who's always like disheveled and kind of like uh, I don't know what's going on here, but he always knows what's going on. <laughs> so it's like this brilliant detective who plays dumb. And the reason we actually started watching it is because an apologist named Greg Kokel yeah. wrote a book called Tactics. Tactics. Oh, I want to read
0: it so bad. You'd need to. any he says.
1: He says to use the Columbo method. Ah. Since you don't know what Columbo is, then that's going to obviously be way over your head. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But it's basically like, um, instead of trying to have all of the answers for atheists, it's approach it like a bumbling buffoon, like, You know, they they hold tight to this worldview and be like, well, what do you mean by that?
0: Mm -hmm. Ask questions.
1: Ask questions. And most of the time, you'll come to learn that they don't even know what they believe. They just parrot information. And when you have to challenge it, it's like, oh, I don't know. Or it contradicts itself, which is a lot of fun. But anyway, yeah, it's on, I think we watched it on Tubi or Hulu or something like that. I think Tubi's free. But okay. anyway, we're we watched it. Just watch an episode or two just so you can yeah, kind of get We need a, feel a new show.
0: So why not? Columbo.
1: It's I'm open fun. To anything. Yeah. And you know, I I love older shows and older movies because movies today are created to entertain. hmm But movies then were created to tell a story. Yep. So it's like it's slower, but I feel like you're getting way more information. You're get, you're getting way more I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Books are the same way. That's how i Yes, I, like books. I yeah. love love old books. Like oh, what
1: books are? You- Give me one. Right now, I'm, i I, I just books. started
0: a book called Middle March. By okay. George- it's it's a girl, but her name is George Eliot. It's kind of a Jane Austen esque so far. Um, so far though, it's really good. And then. Obviously, all Jane Austen. I loved War and Peace. I might be crazy. stinking loved it. And Anna Karanina, also by Tolstoy. They're they're all so good. So good. Because the storylines are, first of all, you don't have to worry about any inappropriate scenes. Right. But they're, there's just a lot of depth to the conversation. I think it just feels like you're sitting back in the old days where their source of entertainment was conversation. They would just sit and talk with each other. And there was... Rich conversations. So the whole story, you just get into their thoughts a lot more because that was important. It wasn't like what they were doing, their thoughts were more important than their actions. I could go, I could go on. I love books. I'm a book nerd, but
1: yeah, I love books. That Dr. Seuss is the bomb. <laughs> I'm just My kidding. son
0: thinks so too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I like <laughs> books too. I'm trying to get more into nonfiction. Um, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm trying to get into fiction. Forgive me. (laughs) Obviously, very,
0: very educated.
1: I'm trying to get into more fiction because I read, like, you know, for a long time, I just strictly read nonfiction Mm -hmm. Um, because of school or because, you know, you're trying to get educated on blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. For creative writing.
0: Nonfiction is heavy.
1: It is heavy. It It wears your your brain down, down,
0: which is nice sometimes. But the beauty of fiction is it takes you to another place. And you don't even have to think about it.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah. That's fun, fun. <laughs> hey, do you want to talk about Philippians? Nah. Okay. <laughs> Why not?
0: We probably, you know, might do want to get, get into to, it.
1: Do we need to um, pray for the Holy Spirit to convict you?
0: <laughs> you know, maybe. Let's Just, do this. Let's do you it. You know
1: what? If you don't, if you're not, if you don't get into this, I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit gives you patience.
0: <laughs> I could probably use it, honestly.
1: <laughs> I don't recommend praying for it. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Pray I've for tried, it.
0: I've tried that. It doesn't go well. Pray for it well. because
1: God's good. But <laughs> I always I always say that prayer, like, God, give me wisdom and patience and da 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 mm. But can you just, like, zap me with it and not do that whole trial part? Yeah. Like...
0: I don't want to talk about the opportunity for wisdom. I just want to have wisdom.
1: I just want it. And you said (laughs) that if I asked for it, you'd give it to me. So come on. All right, guys, let's check out Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9. Hey, bold ones, and welcome to season three, episode nine of the Talk Bible to Me podcast, where we work together through a book of the Bible, verse by verse. This season, we are studying the wonderful, the amazing prison epistle, Philippians.
0: Woohoo! Go ahead and grab your Bibles. Today, we're going to be working through Philippians 4 2 through 9. <laughs>
1: And welcome if you're new. If you want to support podcast episodes just like this one, head on over to patreon.com forward slash The Bold Movement.
0: This podcast is an extension of The Bold Movement, and we are a women's ministry that trains women how to study their Bibles and then to teach other women how to study their Bibles.
1: Here's how it works. We're going to read a couple of verses, explain what those mean, based off of commentaries and other resources resources that we've (laughs) used, and just some, you know, little nuggets from our noggins. So buckle up, ladies, because it's (laughs) going to get exciting.
0: (laughs) Nuggets from our noggins. I love that. I think I'm going to use that. All right, today we're going to be reading from the English Standard Version, often referred to as the ESV, so let's get started. Meg, you want to go ahead and read it? Nope. <laughs> Me neither. I know! I'm just kidding.
1: We don't want to pronounce these names and look foolish, but I'll give it a good old try. I entreat you, Odia, and entreat Cintiq to agree in the Lord. Cintiq, Cintiq. Techie? Guys, on it. I even asked my husband, how do you say these names so we don't look foolish and look at us looking like fools? Yes, I asked. Oh, that part wasn't in scripture. That was our ad lib in addition. <laughs> Verse three. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Let's stop there and talk a little bit what do you say
0: i think that sounds good to me
1: so um something that i thought was really interesting and i think you'll you'll be like what i actually thought of you when when i was reading this in um Kohik, lynn Kohik's commentary on philippians um in reference to these women who are Paul is asking to okay make them quit in this issue right mm-hmm. Yodia and Centic Um, Kohik made a comment that, um, some commentators, uh, hold on, let me redo that. Kohik made a comment that I thought was really interesting, and I think you'll find interesting too. She said, most commentators hold that these two women were in a disagreement with each other. Fair enough, right? Yep. Okay. But, a few have recently argued that these women were together against Paul. Hmm. What do you think about that? I've never heard that before. Well, here's why I don't think that's likely. (laughs) (laughs) Here's why I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Um, You know, because I'm such a scholar. But number one, I am very leery of new ideas or new ways to interpret scripture.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, are you seriously going to tell me that for the past 2,000 years we've got it wrong? Yeah. I don't know. I just really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And then two women did not have enough influence back then to make this something for Paul to worry about. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. And then three, look at verse three. It says, yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel. Right? Mm -hmm. So like, it just doesn't strike me as these women turn against me. It's These women are my are my friends. Yeah, they're having issues with each other, and I need you to help them sort it out because Mm -hmm. they're better
0: together. And I feel like he's been pretty clear in previous verses when someone is against him, he's made that pretty clear. Like this person is against me, but whatever. Yet he doesn't say anything about that with these women. He's, it. I mean, that's a good point, Em. (laughs) Thanks.
1: Was really not that I'm surprised that you came with a good point. That was just a really good one. Yeah. And then in addition, whatever they're fighting about, it's obviously pretty serious because if Paul's going to write it um, in a letter that is read in front of the whole church, it's obviously not going to be some kind of small quarrel right. between the two. It has mm-hmm. to be some sort of argument that's affecting how the church um, is either believing or views them, or how the church is reflecting Mm -hmm. within the community. So I thought that was an interesting point as well.
0: Yeah, it's. I feel like it's a pretty common thing in churches. Um, But I think especially to note that these women worked together at one point, and now they're not. And how often do we see this in our own churches or our own relationships, even if it's your personal life, where you have someone that you've been doing life with or ministry with and then all of a sudden an argument gets in the way of that and i mean we don't always get called out like these women do i hope that they fixed it but yeah (laughs) it was clearly Um, a big deal that he wanted them to figure it out because they were supposed to be doing life together not against each other
1: d.a Carson said something that i thought was really good he said first he pleads with them isn't that wonderful First, Paul pleads with them. He does not begin with heavy handed authority. Mm-hmm. He does not cite his apostolic credentials and whittle them down to size. Indeed, the appeal is personal and impassioned. It is not calculated to shame them. There are important lessons to be learned here for those who are called to meditate in contemporary personality conflicts within the church. Um, hmm. Conflicts within the church, sorry. Mm-hmm. Second, Paul asks the person who is to receive the letter to intervene and help the two women sort it out. Sometimes frictions between believers become so severe that the wise course is for a third party to mediate between the two sides, trying to help both sides see things from the other's perspective and think through what faithful Christian attitudes should be in such circumstances. Hmm. I do want to add to that, that yes, there is a time for mediation, but like the Good old fashioned um, Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. Yep. Proverbs also says getting in between um, two per- two people's quarrel is like grabbing the ear of a stray dog. Dangerous. <laughs> and I have <laughs> I have been clinging to that verse because I learned hmm. I have learned it's not always necessary to get involved in people's quarrels. Sometimes yeah. it is. Yeah but it needs to be people who respect you because if you're just in it for the drama, you just need
0: to Mm -hmm. not. It could completely backfire. Yeah. And make it even worse. And then you're involved. So then you're part of the drama when it could just be two people trying to figure it out instead of three.
1: And sometimes, not all the time, because again, there's a time and place for everything, but sometimes both sides turn and then they come against Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. so yep eh, maybe you united them but not in the way we wanted (laughs) yeah em i want to ask you a question do you think the clement that's mentioned here is the same clement as like the early church father
0: that's a great question i don't know i honestly don't don't know i I hadn't even thought of that until i saw your question in the notes um which is kind of crazy i should have thought hmm what what made you think of that? What do you know about Clement?
1: Um, I know he's an early church father and I've never heard that name outside of him, mm-hmm. like in that context. Um, And I've read Philippians a million times, but I'm also trying to get to know the early church fathers a little bit better. Yeah. So that stood out a little bit to me.
0: That's next on my list of things to study. I have a book. Um, it's Augustine's book. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but... Um, Confessions? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I found it at a cute little local bookstore, and I was like, I have not read anything by any of the church fa- early church fathers, actually. Um, so that's something I'd be interested to look into if you ever get an answer. I mean, Yeah. I mean... I'm sure Matt, there's not a, have- a solid answer, but...
1: My husband's sitting here. I'm going to ask him, do we have... Like writings from Clement, yes. where do we find those? You can find them online, well, guys. There you go. So, there you go. I was just trying to make included in this He's like, stop it. <laughs> He's really smart, and I, I would love for our audience to get. We should do, we should interview our husband. We should. That's a great Real idea. Fun. Like, tell me all the fun things about being a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this message from sponsors just like you. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a message from our sponsors. We are able to continue podcast episodes like this because of our Patreon supporters, Jerry Lewis, Kelsey Graff, Soyeon Barber, Julie Carter, Amy Mathis, Jill Walters, and Dave Hansel. If you like what you hear, would you consider becoming a partner of The Bold Movement? Our plans range from $5 a month to $50 a month with exciting incentives for growing Christian women. Just visit www.patreon.com forward slash The Bold Movement now, back to the show.
0: Welcome back, ladies. Uh, we are going to jump right back in with verse four, and it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Um, and this, this word, the original word is to be cheerful, calmly happy, or well off. And always means always at all times. I don't know if you knew that. The original word is <laughs> Always. Do you know what the Greek word Yeah, always means? It means always. always. So <laughs> Rejoicing in the Lord always means not just sometimes, but always. And I struggle with that personally. Um, I tend to be more of a melancholy type person. And so when things go wrong, it is hard for me to rejoice. And I really have to force myself. But this is a, a verse that I have taught my kids. Um Probably hypocritically, (laughs) because I want them to be better at this than I am. So every time I see this verse, I think of the little like it's not quite a song, but like a a little boppy way of saying it. I'm not gonna do it. I was gonna do it. Now I'm not gonna do it. No,
1: you need to. (laughs) I sang Greek is for geeks. You're right. You did. All right. So
0: it goes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. So that's what I hear every time I read that verse. And my kids, bada bing, bada that's how they say it. But then there it makes me go. mad when I need to rejoice. And then I hear the little like boppity version of it in my head. And it's kind of like God's up there. Ha ha, yeah. you're never going to forget this.
1: <laughs> One of the really cool things about um, rejoicing the Lord is that it is repeated in scripture like so many times. It's insane. Mm hmm. Um, I had a note because I couldn't just copy and paste, but I'm just gonna throw some things out here. Psalm ninety seven twelve, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous and give thanks to his holy name. Habakkuk three eighteen, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Philippians three one, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Psalm thirty five nine. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord. Psalm thirty three one, shout for joy in the Lord. Isaiah forty one sixteen. Um, Psalm one oh four thirty-four let's see, where else? Um, Joel 223, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the mm. early rain for your vindication. Psalm 32, be glad in the Lord. I mean, I could go on Isaiah 61, 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. This is not uh Philippians 4 10 later on. I rejoiced in the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is not something that is like Paul is just throwing out there. Yeah. this is something that has been repeated in scripture mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And also, I am one of those, when scripture repeats itself, you need to pay attention. And here Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'm going to say it, rejoice. Because um, I think it was like 80% of the word use of joy or rejoice is used in Paul's letters.
0: Yes. I have a note in my Bible in Philippians that the word joy... Just in this little four chapter book is used five times, and the word rejoice is used seven times. That's wild. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so on March 20th, 1887, just, you know, go back to that beautiful day with me. (laughs) (laughs) Charles Spurgeon delivered a sermon on this very verse, and I have a surprise for you. I love surprises. I have a snippet of that sermon. You do? I do. Would you like for me to share it with you? Yes. Okay. I love Spurgeon, so I'm always going to be like, yeah. Okay. He said, there is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Now, just pretend like I'm Charles Spurgeon. He had this very <laughs> booming voice. He didn't need a mic. I mean, like, he was like man so There is a marvelous medicinal power and joy. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. We noticed in our reading that there had been a little tiff between two sisters in the church at Philippi. I am glad that we do not know what the quarrel was about. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Charles, I am not glad because I (laughs) love knowing the drama, right? Spill the tea. Spill the tea. But in another way, that kind of convicted me. It's like, why am I so Mm. interested in what the drama is about instead of what the solution is? So that was very convicting. Thanks a lot, Spurgeon. (laughs) I am usually thankful for ignorance on such subjects, but as a cure for disagreements, the apostle says, rejoice in the Lord always. People who are very happy, especially those who are very happy in the Lord, are not apt either to give offense or to take offense. That was also convicting to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Their minds are so sweetly occupied with higher things that they are not easily distracted by the little troubles which naturally arise among such imperfect creatures as we are. That gone it. Like I am a complainer by nature, mm-hmm. and like I am really working on that. And it's just like, okay, God, I already said I'd work on it. Like, why am I being so convicted? Joy in the Lord is the cure for all discord. Should it not be so? Hmm. What is this joy but the concord of the soul, the accord of the heart with the joy of heaven? Joy in the Lord then drives away the discords of earth. Further, brethren notice that the apostle after he had said rejoice in the Lord always commanded the Philippians to be careful for nothing thus implying that joy in the Lord is one of the best preparations for the trials of this life the cure for care is joy in the Lord
0: Mm. when you first said be careful for nothing I at first thought you meant like safe kind of careful but then to hear careful like full caring so much about this thing man that hits different right because how many things do we care so much about things that don't matter and we stress yeah. over it That's yeah cool.
1: so there's like a whole like rest of that sermon but i i didn't want to like burst into tears from the conviction so I just kind of like <laughs> left that to it. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's so true like ah uh, who am i to grumble and complain like look at yeah. what's happening in afghanistan mm-hmm. but you know what like there is literal m- brutal murders happening beheadings i mean people are being martyred and the church in afghanistan is booming. It is growing it is growing it is like amazing. crazy yes so god is faithful and he is good Let's carry on to verse 5, 6, and 7. All right. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. <clears throat> the Lord is at hand. <laughs> Gosh, that verse. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Holy.
0: Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go, you first. Me to go first. I, can go okay, first. Go for it. Um, I had a commentary note on reasonableness. Uh, it says, A gentle or reasonable spirit will do much to, to disarm an adversary, um, which I thought was interesting because, you know, you have these two women who are arguing with each other, and if you if they were being reasonable, if they're being gentle, having a gentle spirit, then neither of them is going to be prone to arguing because they're being reasonable. But also that was convicting for me because I'm not prone to reasonableness. I'm prone to jump to conclusions and assume things (laughs) and have no reason to assume it that way. There's something, uh I had heard somebody give, I don't remember, it was probably a meme or something, but it said something along the lines of, um, when you assume someone's mad at you and you have to ask, did they tell me that they're mad at me? And if they didn't, then why are you worrying so much? First of all, why are you worrying that they're mad at you? And second of all, if you really believe they're mad, why don't you just ask them? (laughs) Um which is, is hard for me to do because usually I will not be reasonable and I will just assume, 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 and we know what that does. So <laughs> um,
1: And I think naturally women have that tendency to be a people pleaser. Yeah. And so it's really easy if you know someone's having a hard day or they just don't respond maybe in a normal way. We immediately go to oh no I didn't please them oh no they must be mad at me oh no da 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 um I'm really into this da 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 kind of sound <laughs> it's working it's working <laughs> so absolutely and yep. the what is the proverbs a gentle word a gentle turns, anger, away, turns
0: away anger yeah. yeah is that what you said yeah yeah yep. Ugh. yeah yeah good and then the the little second half of that um let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Another piece with that, um, again, the original word for everyone is everyone. And it's easy to think of that as as like people you don't know. Like you want people you don't know to think that you're reasonable. But what if you turn that around to the people you do know? Is your reasonableness known to your husband? Is your reasonableness known to your kids? (laughs) Like are they, would they look at you and say, this is a very reasonable person in my life? It could be convicting to ask that question. It's easy to say that about the people that don't know you very well. Like, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to have a good attitude in front of, you know, this group of people. But are you that way at home too? Because it's everyone, not just the people that you should look good in front of.
1: That's a really good point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's why I don't have kids.
0: <laughs> that why- No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> your dogs can't ask if you're reasonable yeah.
1: that's what i love dogs for. they are the most forgiving <laughs> they are things on the face of the earth they really are um Ooh. carson made a really interesting observation with verse five that is my foot sorry verse five he said um that is what paul commands your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near right so the word rendered gentleness in the niv niv oh my gosh niv
0: <laughs> niv
1: In the NIV is not easy to translate. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Some older versions offer the word forbearance.
0: I never use that word.
1: Yeah, nobody knows what that means, which is why the (laughs) NIV says gentleness. (laughs) And it refers to the exact, what is happening? It refers to the exact opposite of a spirit of contention and self-seeking, which is why Hmm. the NIV opts for gentleness. But this gentleness, that's spoke of in this verse must not be confused with being a wimp Mm -hmm. with the kind of person whose personality is akin to wet dish cold (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) What is in view is a certain kind of willed, self-effacing kindness. And then he continues on. Paul cuts to the heart of the issue. Be known for gentleness. The self-sins are tricky things, damnably treacherous, In one of his books, A.W. Tozer writes, To be specific, the self-sins are these, self-righteousness, self-pity, self-confidence, self-sufficiency, self-admiration, self-love, and a host of others like them. They dwell too deep within us and are too much a part of our natures to come to our attention till the light of God is focused upon them. The grosser manifestations of of these sins, egotism, Exhibitionism, self-promotion are strangely tolerated in Christian leaders, even in circles of impeccable orthodoxy. Promoting self under the guise of promoting Christ is currently so common as to excite little notice. Ooh, girl. And how often are we like, just, you know, go do some self-love and mm-hmm. um, you need more self-confidence. And like, as Americans, I'm kind of like, nah, you, I think we're good. You are so focused on stuff that we have the issue here. (laughs) Like there is nothing wrong with having confidence and there's nothing wrong with, um, taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. right. Right. Taking showers, taking some time (laughs) to meditate on scripture. But I think oftentimes we, um, confuse self care Mm -hmm. with like love of self. You know what I mean? Yep. So anyway,
0: that's good. Um,
1: Gordon Fee also in his commentary notes that verse five and six, the children, I thought this was really interesting. The children of the kingdom are to live without care, but not uncaring or careless.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: live without a care, but that doesn't mean be an uncaring person or a careless person. And I don't know. That just really stuck out to me.
0: Yeah. Well, because I think it's easy when you're thinking I'm going to be careless. I'm not going to worry about things it is easy to then lean towards either being careless and lazy or just not caring at all about anything. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And one
1: more thing Fee says, and then we can move on (laughs) (laughs) for the last verse. On the contrary, Paul urges in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything stands in contrast to not about anything. So when he says, don't care about anything, but in everything. I Mm -hmm. thought that was interesting. And means in all details and circumstances of life. In situations where others fret and worry, believers in the Lord submit their case to God in prayer, accompanied by the thanksgiving. For this combination, C1, chapter 1, verse 4, the three words for prayer are not significantly distinguishable. Requests are made known before God. By prayer and petition. In so doing, one acknowledges utter dependence on God, while at the same time expressing complete trust in Him.
0: Hmm. I have a really similar note um, from my commentary, the Expositors Bible Commentary, and it says uh, this is about verse 6. Paul is not calling for apathy or inaction, for as we make our plans in light of our circumstances, we get to do so in full trust that our Father hears our prayers for what we need. The answer to anxiety is prayer, a word that denotes our attitude of mind should be worshipful. Petition denotes prayers as expressing of need. Thanksgiving should accompany all praying as we acknowledge that whatever God sends is for our good. We can also use thankfulness to remember previous blessings. Mm-hmm. So that same idea of, of trust when we're praying, we're thankful because we trust that what he's doing is is good and not, you know, evil. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why don't you take us
0: out with the last couple of verses? Sure. Let's see. This will be verses 8 through 9. probably, I mean, it's been a few years. I have anxiety. I know you do too. And um, Mm -hmm. we tend to only look at verse, what is it? Six, Um, six and seven really about not being anxious. Uh, But I think a lot of times we miss the second half of this when we're, when we're seeking help for anxiety in scripture, because we'll just say, Oh, don't be anxious. Give everything to God. But I know in my experience, I'm like, well, what does that look like? I don't know what that actually looks like practically when I'm anxious. And I know that's such a huge um, issue with with people. Anxiety is a huge issue, especially in the U.S. and especially over the last two years. But um, it it was brought to my attention through my commentary of this second half is the practical way of walking through anxiety or really anything that is – you know, a sin or whatever in your life. Um, but if you look at it, there are six different things that we are supposed to think on. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable. There's six of them. And the first three are practical thoughts. True thoughts, noble thoughts, right thoughts, or honorable thoughts. These are practical. These are things that um, like if you're feeling anxious about sickness, you can walk through it and say, okay, what is true? Am I really sick? Is there the potential of me getting sick? Well, right now, no. I'm not sick. Whatever that might be. These are practical, simple things that we can walk through. And the the second half, the last three thoughts that are pure, lovely and admirable. I as somebody who really loves aesthetics and beauty, this one really hit me, but these are beautiful thoughts. So, when we're worrying with anxiety, we're thinking usually things that aren't like pleasing or even aesthetically beautiful. And scripture gives us the permission, I guess, to Mm -hmm. think about things that are beautiful. Like when I'm stressed, God gives me permission to go outside and look at the sky, look at the trees. I love gardening. So that's something that I do a lot when I'm anxious. Um, I have permission to go out and look at the flowers, look at his creation. And I can see these pure things, these lovely things, these admirable things. And that is more important than thinking on, oh, am I gonna be sick, or oh, am I gonna do this, or oh, all these stressful things we're going through. Um, and so this is that's just a, a simple thing that's been really helpful for me when I when I do feel anxious, is I'll go over to Philippians and I'll read, you know, obviously I'll read rejoice in the Lord always. That's that's the first step to all of it. We're supposed to rejoice. Mm-hmm. But then to keep going through all of it, whatever is true whatever is honorable. And I will walk through every single one. And I will think of a thought that that matches up with that to replace the anxious thoughts that I have or to replace the angry thoughts that I have or replace the sad thoughts, whatever that might be, things that are not of Christ. And the awesome thing is when we practice these things, the God of peace will be with us and we will be given literally his own peace. Um, And I have a, a note about his peace In John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um, This is Jesus speaking in this verse. And it's him basically telling us we receive this peace by receiving Jesus. So when we know Jesus, we have access to the very peace of God, which is different than the world's peace. The world's peace is temporary. The world's peace might make us feel calm for a little bit meditation and yoga might make you feel calm for a little bit, but, um, God's peace is lasting because it's, it's real and it's practical and it's, it's beautiful and it's, um, it's based in truth and that's the important, important piece. Um, and then I have a note for my commentary and then I'll let you jump into whatever notes you have. Um, one quote that I had was, if, if God is peace, then to know God is to bask in his peace, which I love that. Um, but then this is my commentary note. It says, certain attitudes can destroy the peace of God. When we equate trust with the assumption that God will give us whatever we want, we set ourselves up for disappointment. Trust means that we have our hearts, we have set our hearts to believe God, whatever may happen. When we insist on being in control, we sabotage God's desire to let us live in peace. When we choose to worry rather than faith, we cannot live in peace. Worry is the enemy of peace. And so um, I think Mm. that's why those are connected, this idea of don't be anxious uh, and then receiving God's peace. Because when we're anxious, we we cannot physically have peace. When we are thinking on the things of God, then we get his peace. So that's my little little tidbit on anxiety there for you.
1: (laughs) I love your recommendation of – taking this uh verse 8 and making that practical application, mm-hmm. right? And I think something um as Christians we uh really need to work on um in America <laughs> is memorizing scripture. Yep. And like I want to challenge everyone um who's listening to this podcast to go to Philippians 4 and memorize verse 8. And if you're mm-hmm. just like, "Oh, but I have such a bad memory. I can't remember anything." Well, that's just an excuse so go try anyway <laughs> and download the app called verses it's a dark blue app and it has like like a teal circle and then like a green like half circle it's called verses v e r s e s and it is it has little games and different ways to help you memorize scripture um and it's so important i don't want to hear excuses for how your brain doesn't remember stuff because you're a functioning human <laughs> being. So we obviously remember to take showers and eat and go places <laughs> and all that stuff. So I don't want to hear excuses. Just go memorize Philippians four eight, especially if you have an anxious heart. And that way, if you are feeling anxious or overwhelmed, then you can say, okay, whatever is true. So now mm-hmm. I need to think about what is truth. God is true. What am I sick? The truths you were talking about. What is honorable? What is something that I can think about mm-hmm. that's honorable? What is something I can think about that is just? What is something I can think about that's pure and lovely and commendable? Um, excellence, things that are worthy of praise. I'm going to think about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that because you've memorized what you're supposed to think about.
0: Yes. I um. love
1: it. Okay, I have one more quote from D.A. Carson to kick this show. Um, I was going to say to kick it off, but really it's to kick it down. <laughs> kick it off? <laughs> <laughs> to, to bring us to a close. I about that. He says, this is not some escapist demand to avoid the harsh realities of our fallen world. The sad fact is that many people dwell on dirt without grasping that it is dirt. Oh my gosh, it's like he's (laughs) speaking to me. The wise Christian will see plenty of dirt in the world but will recognize it as dirt Mm -hmm. precisely because everything that is clean has captured his or her mind. The hymn writer was right, one of those I learned as a child and whose source escapes me. Guide my thoughts, keep them from straying into paths unwise for me. Lest I should thy love betraying turn aside from Calvary. May the mind of Christ, my Savior, live in me from day to day by his love and power controlling all I do and say. And that's mm. Kate Barclay Wilkinson, May the Mind of Christ, my Savior, the hymn. Um, just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i not going to focus on dirt anymore because I know what cleanliness looks like. Yep. And I'm not going to be distracted by dirt. I'm going to focus on the cleanness. And I thought that was really good.
0: Mm. I
1: love that all right so the bold movement is a ministry that helps christian women gain confidence in their biblical literacy faith and evangelism through customizable content strategically created to work with community support to enhance and expand the kingdom of god try saying that five times (laughs) fast
0: (laughs) oh man Are we
1: going to be back next week Emily? Yeah we're going to be back next week. we hope they join (laughs) us, don't we?
0: Oh, is there more in the notes that I missed? (laughs) (laughs) There is, my bad. (laughs) It's been a while we will be back next week and we hope you join us (laughs) this is a quick reminder that you can partner with us through our patreon at patreon.com forward slash the bold movement okay ladies until next time go out and be bold